You like dance music, don't you? I thought you would. I'm Jill Hopkins, and I love dance music, too, which is why I've got two of my favorite DJs in the city in the studio with me. DJ Psycho B and DJ Lady D are celebrating their 35th and 25th anniversaries in the game. Being a professional DJ is not easy. You got to be a producer. You got to be a trendsetter. You got to be an influencer, and you got to know your stuff. And they're bringing that stuff to the Smart Bar this Saturday for back-to-back-to-back-to-back sets all night long as part of the Daphne series uh, downstairs at the Metro, uh, Saturday, March 14th. And they're here today to talk to me about this winding road that is a long DJ career and about the event happening this weekend. Welcome to Vocalo, you two. Hello. Good morning. Hola. Oh, my goodness. This is a treat for me. I uh, have been fans of both of yours uh, throughout the years, Lady D, obviously you can hear uh, all the time here on Vocalo and every fourth Friday. Every at fourth least. Friday, <laughs> and you two are just just a delight to have here. Let's talk about your origin stories. Let's get in the way back machine. I'll I'll, I'll help one second. I've got a noise for that. Ooh. We'll go all the way back. <laughs> back in time right. I was a wee lass we were just baby children yes. back then uh, Lady D talk to me about uh, what this made you decide that Behind the Decks was the place for you yeah I loved house music house music was intrinsic and everything about it was appealing and when I was in high school I used to hang out with guys and talk music all the time and I started collecting 12 inches, and eventually some of them taught me a few things on the deck, but I didn't really use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I um, kind of hooked up with a DJ. And <laughs> so that'll, and the that'll happen. History. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I ended up, you know, having equipment around and being able to really get into it and study it. And um, before I knew it, I had gotten myself into a position where some people heard me play and um, after that the the snowball went rolling down the hill so they're right there and here I am 25 years later what <laughs> splat splat <laughs> DJ Psycho B take me up to the northwest side and the celebrity club oh wow <laughs> oh, me. I was working as a <laughs> uh, that's when I met my best friend Terry Bristol um wow I used to go out dancing all the time. Dancing, I was. I love music since I was a baby. I have baby pictures of me leading the band, all of it. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was old enough to go clubbing, I used to be that person that would be on the floor at ten, and you know, the last one out, the first one on, last one off. Loved music. Had been collecting twelve inches since twelve inches came out. Yeah. Never knew. Had any idea that I just liked those versions of the songs. I did not know that I wanted to be a DJ. And um, uh, fast forward to very early 80s, I don't know, maybe 81, got an opportunity from a friend to go meet Frankie. Of course, I knew who he was, but yeah. I'd never met him. Um, it was like, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and um, That paints and, a very vivid picture. <laughs> yeah, very, probably like 110 degrees in there mm-hmm. and met him, most wonderful, like, kind and just gosh his spirit every time i think of him first thing that comes to my mind is his smile that smiles yes it just lit up sucked you into his soul i mean he was just such a beautiful man and he was so welcoming oh valerie you know you know hang out in the booth you know anything you need would you like something to drink blah 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 but 
honestly, all I cared about was just watching him and watching the effect he had on the dance floor and seeing how he just, he had those people in the palm of his hand. I mean, the roof could have caved in, the building could have collapsed, <laughs> the earth could have blown up, but I'm quite sure that no matter what would have happened, they would have continued to dance. And it was my aha moment watching. It wasn't an aha moment of, oh, I want to be a DJ. It was an aha moment of, I want to touch people the way he's touching people. I, it just hit me right in the heart and soul, like the the effect he had on, on people and the rest it just as d said it just snowballed from there <laughs> it, it really did i love hearing uh, that that's the motivation for starting to to get into djing not making money not meeting you know romantic partners although that kind of happens sometimes too. <laughs> just the idea of of wanting to make that part of the world that you're occupying a better place, even mm-hmm. if it's just for an evening. When we were throwing our uh, winter block party this year, we talked to a lot of our DJs about gramophone records mm-hmm. and how that vibe carried on uh, to that place, which turned out, I don't know if it, it was the idea behind it, but it was like an incubator for talent. Yes. When, were you, when were your gramophone years? I have been shopping at gramophones since... I believe 1979 or 80. Mm-hmm. I found out about it from Mark Stevens. Um, I shopped there for, oh gosh, probably 10 years. Um, I believe that I, I started in either 90 or 91 and I was there 10 years. Nice. Yeah, I was a buyer for one of the walls. It was more, it was kind of like there was a house wall, a hip hop wall, a techno wall, but mine was kind of, a little of all of it like it was just stuff i was playing in the clubs and it was kind of awesome because people would just come in psycho i want everything you played on saturday night and i would just walk right. over the wall and literally grab one of everything on the wall. and and off they went they wouldn't even listen they'd, they'd be like okay you know did you have gramophone years as well? Only only as a shopper, but I was there so much that I felt like a surrogate employee. So <laughs> you just weren't officially on oh, the payroll. Yeah, literally <laughs> like they would let you go in the booth and you could play records and just pull stuff and and I would spend afternoons there and then even after I became a mom, like I'd come in with the stroller <laughs> and park the stroller and everybody would you know hang out with the babe and I would just shop for hours you know and then so it was definitely um you know in my DNA to be there all the time and they they I mean I got a kick out of it you know just sort of like pretending to be an employee it was like (laughs) my high fidelity moment you know oh yeah and I did I would help people oh no you need this you need that you know so this feels like a clubhouse Uh, like it was a family for sure oh yeah everybody was really tight and and even when there were differences of opinions they were creative differences you know like one might be like oh well you know like but at the end of the day, everybody came together. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. somebody might have had a different opinion of, you know, this kind of music or that club or this club. But at the end of the day, everybody was family. It was like it was like my Italian side of the family. You could fight one minute and 30 seconds later, you'd be like, hey, you want to go get a cup of coffee? <laughs> Are you hungry? <laughs> yeah, want to go grab some lunch? I mean, but the love, I mean, and still to this day, like that gramophone reunion was amazing. It really was. It, the love in that room was, I mean, wow. 
It was an incubator. <laughs> Psycho B, Lady D here uh, behind the microphones instead of the decks, as they <laughs> will be this Saturday night at Smart Bar as part of the Daphne series. Sometimes when I'm, I'm speaking to women in music, especially in hip-hop or house or anything like that, and we, we eventually get to how much of a boys' club it can be mm. and how... Uh, not difficult, but it's challenging sometimes to navigate this world as a woman. Have you faced any challenges and have you noticed any evolution in the scene as time has gone by that makes it more welcoming to women? Interestingly enough, I feel like when I started in the 90s, it was pretty welcoming. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I along with uh, three other amazing women DJs, launched you know, a DJ collective that by many uh, accounts is considered America's first all-woman DJ collective. Snaps to that. Super Jane. <laughs> and so I feel like we did get a lot of support and uh, and we inspired both, you know, men and women and people of all genders to aspire to DJ at that time. Yeah. And we hear it even to this day a lot that um, that we were their inspirations. And then I feel like there was a an influx of that, right? Yeah. So lots and lots. And and I think that what set us apart was that we just did really have a purity and love for the music. And some people really looked at that and said, oh, I really want to do that for different reasons. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it led to a lot of watering down of it and sort of a, the gimmickiness of it. And it led to a backlash, I think. So, so I think that... The women that you've seen recently have been fighting, have fought against that and have come a around all of that. So I would say it's it's starting to get better again. Mm -hmm. But for a moment, it was I think it was really bad for for women trying to get in. And a lot of those women that started, you know, after us are not around anymore. Unfortunately, they've fallen off the scene or, you know, decided to do other things. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's the you can tell the difference between people who are in it for the long run and who who aren't. But my thing these days has been festival lineups and things like that and the disparity in genders. And and I still look at club lineups and go like you, there are so many dope and bad, bad a women, yeah. you know, so <laughs> so why aren't you? giving them the visibility and giving them the looks and and so that boys club mentality i think is a little more in effect these days mm -hmm. and so i've been working voraciously this year to really just do parties or book parties that really focus on women and women with an x you know yeah. um to and to really just create space for for women artists and women um in music because i think it's so important um, people seem to forget, you yeah. know, that that we're here. So I really wanted to be a catalyst for changing that. Lady D and Psycho B talking about, you know, DJ stuff. They're going to be at the <laughs> Smart Bar this Saturday as part of the Daphne series. And that, I think, is kind of the the natural progression of, of this, this movement here, right? To make more space for women uh, DJs. Talk to me about how you got involved with Daphne Psycho and, and why this is an important series for you to take part in. Well, 
it's really important to me because when I started, it was not easy. It was really difficult. There were a handful of boys that really were very supportive. In fact, Michael Serafini, who owns Gramophone Records, used to actually carry my records to gigs. That's being That's, awesome. That's being a good yeah. ally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were also way more boys that, if I would have heard the line, you can't do this, you're a girl, one more time, I think mm. my head would have popped off my shoulders. <laughs> um, it got to the point where I was just literally like, F you, I, you know, yeah. watch me. Yeah, watch seriously. Me. And I think the best marketing tool that I came up with was my name. And which I actually it is credit. memorable. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Terry Bristol thought of it, um, and that stemmed because nobody when they when I first started to get gigs, the only gigs I would get are when the boys needed a night off. Mm. They would not let me play, and when I started to to get those gigs, then I started to you know get some offers of gigs, but nobody would ever put my name on a flyer, and I knew right off the bat that if I did not promote myself that I would not get anywhere and I really my passion for doing this was just so I mean it was huge it was all about my passion it wasn't about money I mean let's face it back then it was not glamorous to be carrying 50 pound record crates up and down stairs (laughs) and smoky sweaty no air conditioning (laughs) you know filthy clubs I mean really because everything back then was really raw Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't and all like, pretty. And... Yeah. ADA. What's that? Here's <laughs> four flights of stairs for right, you. Right. Oh, man. So <laughs> climb up this steel ladder. Right. right. Play in this cage. Right. I mean, I and I, you know, if I didn't have help carrying my records and I was carrying them, I used to just be like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to make two trips. So I would carry one. In each, I would lug one in each hand. And I mean, I have to this day guns i mean i got guns for carrying those records. <laughs> <laughs> they might be a little older now guns but i still got them but um you know it just it was so hard and and the marketing part of it was what i was really um ahead of i think even the boy djs that were big then because what i started doing was i started my own mailing list and you know so Daphne, to me, it's it's really important because, like like Dee said, I, I have to agree. It's like we went through a period where, like, when I started, it was hard. Then it got easier. Not that it got easier, but it, it – well, I guess it did. It got a little easier. But now I – the last few years, I feel like we're back to, you know, like, like Dee said, you look at these lineups and, you know – it was never about being a woman for me. The boys made it about being a woman. Mm. I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not. I, I just, being a good DJ was what I was worried about. It was not never about being a woman. But now I feel like we're in that space where a lot of really good women DJs are being overlooked. I mean, how do you have, especially here in Chicago, how do you do these big lineups? How how does Lollapalooza not have any female DJs? It makes no sense. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah. And Daphne is doing a lot of work to bring uh, to shine a spotlight on on some DJs that uh, people may not have heard of or, you Mm -hmm. know, only get the opportunity to to see every so often. And this night is going to be a treat for all. I'm certainly going to be there. Uh, This is the 25 or 35, 25 with y'all. What do you have up your sleeve? No spoilers. I would still like to be surprised. But you have such a great uh, career to kind of look back on and and show the the children 
how to do the thing. <laughs> yes, children, you will live, okay? Get your life. Come on down to the smart bar. Um, no, we're going to have a great time. We've got uh, four decks set up. Uh, both of both of us are very capable of running, you know, b- all four decks at, at a time. Uh, we're going to be doing back-to-back all night, so playing off the energy of one another. And it's... And it's just the two of us all night long. So we're going to take it there. We're going to yeah. we're going to like unleash and we're going to relax, relate and release. OK, so I hope that everybody does come down. Um, a few people got to experience a little bit of that. We we did a, a rooftop party sold out show for our birthdays at uh, the Virgin Hotel Cerise. Mm-hmm. And and so people have seen our what our energy is like we usually try to do an annual birthday party our birthdays are just a day apart hmm. and um and when we get on the decks we just we our our energy we just vibe we have a we, good chemistry yeah, yeah. so we it's going to be a super super fun night uh, oh, i can't wait have you ever seen her behind the decks she is so, <laughs> so energetic oh my god are you bringing the coal miners <laughs> oh that's light? my trademark <laughs> That's my trademark. I've been wearing that light since, gosh, since probably 1986 or 7. It's a goodie, right? It is. But a goodie. You can see it from the front door. (laughs) You know exactly. It's like a beacon, like a homing beacon, like a lighthouse in the dark. You could be three sheets to the wind, you know, on crutches or whatever. And you walk through the front door and you see that light on top of of your head. And you know, like, let me just put these crutches over here and hobble on out to the stand. I know. What a cool visionary treat. Like you'd walk into Crowbar back in the day, 2,000 people, you make your way, but you could see her like (laughs) on top of the stage, like way up there and just the coal miner's light. And so I was DJing in Hawaii once. And I and this guy came running up to the booth. I could see him running through the crowd, and he's like, "I knew it was you. I saw that light from the back of the room. I knew it was Psycho B. I knew it." Well, let's find Psycho B and Lady D behind the decks at the Smart Bar this Saturday night. Show starts at ten. Uh, it is. Man, do your stretches. Start stretching now because you know Smart <laughs> Bar right. is open all night long, and it's Saturday too. You get that extra hour, exactly. And they just canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade, so Wrigleyville will be habitable. <laughs> <laughs> yep, come come on down. That's all I gotta say. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, you, we're gonna tweet out all of this information to the folks, but they can also go to SmartBarChicago.com. But how can people find you individually online, Lady D? I am at at DJ Lady D, DJ L A D Y D. No periods, no EEs, <laughs> just the letter D <laughs> on all the social media. So Twitter, Insta, um, and uh, yeah, Facebook, DJ Lady D Chicago, if you, you know, really need to throw that in there. There's a few other Lady D's, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Psycho B. Um, I I can't say the word, but I, I am think people under, get it. <laughs> yeah, I am under DJ Psycho hyphen the B word on both um, Twitter and Facebook.